God bless us, everyone. These were the words of the character Tiny Tim, a crippled and sickly young boy whose untimely death can and could be altered should the star of A Christmas Carol, Ebenezer Scrooge, turn from his wicked ways and honor Christmas. In case you weren't aware, Charles Dickens's A Christmas Carol is one of America's oldest, if not most beloved, stories to accompany us every December the 25th. With countless remakes and reimaginings, A Christmas Carol offers its audience a story about a man whose cruel, greedy, and ungrateful nature brings three ghosts to his doorstep one Christmas, showing him the failures of his past, the troubles of his present, and the dark future that awaits him should he continue down the path that he is on. Which is why Tiny Tim is, to is so important to the story. A lowly child living in economic obscurity, whose body is broken by misfortune or happenstance, still has the gumption to recite thankfulness in the midst of an otherwise terrible circumstance. It's this posture, juxtaposed by Scrooge's, that makes for the crux of Dickens' classic story. Money and success are often branded as blessings from God, but Tiny Tim does not elevate these as such, which doesn't make them bad either. It's more about perspective. And even greater than that, this idea of asking God to bless us all has been a controversial, if not misconstrued, viewpoint in our culture. I'm J.C. Alfelto, and welcome to episode 76 of The Writer's Lens, Christmas Carol, and whether God blesses. Hey guys, welcome back to the Writer's Lens. I'm J.C. Alfelto, your host. Uh, as always, I'm going to remind you a few things. Number one, uh, remind you that it is the, the holiday season. I know it probably may not feel like that for some in the midst of the COVID pandemic going on. But hey, it's December. Uh, the holidays are upon us. Uh, there is a time for good cheer, time to be grateful for what we have, for the blessings that are upon us. Uh, this episode just felt like the proper one to do in the midst of everything that's going on. And uh, I did want to mention that the Christmas Carol of choice that I was modeling uh, a lot of this episode after is the Muppet version, because that is indeed my favorite. Uh, so if you have a favorite version of a Christmas Carol, you're entitled to have that, of course. Uh, but my favorite is the Muppet version. <laughs> so I'm going to be thinking of that one as we go through this episode, just for, for your own information. Uh, one other really quick thing before we get going just a reminder to check out the Narrative Wars podcast, the quote-unquote darker side of the J.C. Alfelto podcast endeavors. I just had a really good interview with a gentleman from Sydney, Australia. His name is Desha Mila. He's a filmmaker. He's a, a creative, a serial entrepreneur, as he would call himself. A uh, gentleman uh, who is doing a lot of work on political and social discourse. Uh, Desh and I have very uh, different worldviews, I would say, uh, but... That does not mean that I don't think that his perspectives on things are healthy. Uh, he is trying to get the word out about, uh, like I said, uh, having a better dialogue uh, when it comes to political discourse. He was a gentleman that grew up in Sri Lanka that was Civil War torn during his earlier days. He's seen Civil War uh, up close and personal. So he's got a very unique backstory, very interesting story, if not uh, anything else. Uh, with regards to also the work that he's doing. So he has a documentary coming out. It's called Better Left Unsaid. It's going to be out in 2021. But you can check out my podcast, The Narrative Wars, for more information on that and about Desh. So without further ado, let's get into this episode on The Writer's Lens, this special holiday episode. Uh, so A Christmas Carol, which was written by Charles Dickens. It's the story of Ebenezer Scrooge. Sometimes the story is called Scrooge or Scrooge or something else like that. 
The, uh, the tale of A Christmas Carol, real quick 10-second synopsis, is about a rich old guy uh, living in London whose life of business dealings has made him into what Dickens calls a miser and a covetous old sinner, which I think is a great way to describe the character, uh, which is, again, why I think Michael Caine does the best job in of A Christmas Carol. But hey, that's neither here nor there. Uh, only through some kind of supernatural intervention does Scrooge uh, turn from his evil ways and trust in the spirit of Christmas, which is generosity. That's the whole concept of the story is the uh, paradox of Scrooge's life, which is about attaining wealth, attaining financial security, and his uh, only employee, or one of his only employees, Bob Cratchit, who helps him in his uh, uh, in his business, uh, is poor, is hardly paid anything, and has a very large family at home, but also has this child, his youngest son, Tiny Tim, as they call him, who has some sort of perhaps physical disability, uh, and yet is this very vibrant and uh, bright little boy who can't wait to celebrate Christmas, can't wait to celebrate with his family. Very different demeanor from Ebenezer Scrooge, these two. And we'll get into that a little bit in this episode. Now, like I said, there's the paradox of Tim and Scrooge. And this is important because uh, Scrooge's life is all about attaining wealth. It's all about attaining more and more money, okay? Now, first and foremost... Having money and financial security, they're not bad things inherently, okay? They're, it's not bad to have a nice house. It's not even bad to desire a nice home or uh, financial uh, stability, okay? It's, it's not wrong to want these things, okay, uh, and to try to attain these things. It's not bad, okay? But it's bad in the sense of how we have so many narratives out there, and I was debating whether or not to put this on my Narrative Wars podcast, which I probably will at some point. But it is bad because there are narratives throughout our, our mainstream media, through the art that we see uh, and films, story that come out, that really create a lot of confusion around what is it that we should be attaining that is good, okay? Because there's one narrative that's real big that says, hey, if you can get good and nice things, then you've made it as an individual, right? Your life will be better. You'll have a lot of self-worth. People will respect you. Uh, social media is really big on this, of course. There's a lot of social media influencers. Hey, look at me. I take this certain drink. Hey, look at me. I, I work out a certain amount of times a day. And those aren't bad things, okay? These aren't bad things. Those influencers and folks that have built their businesses to do this, not a bad thing. But if we're at the altar of worship of these things, they can become bad for us. We can become obsessed over this as if this is the only thing that matters for us. Now, there's a second narrative, among many others, where if you don't have great wealth, then someone's keeping it from you, and you have to fight to get it. You have to fight in order to even the playing field out. And so we see this a lot in the political spec uh, sector of um, of our uh, culture uh, at large here in America. Sorry, I was kind of fumbling over how to get to the next point there. But we see this as being a contentious position where politicians will come in and say, look, you know, we should be re uh, redistributing wealth. You know, there's too many rich people and they're, they're hoarding it from, from common Americans and you're working three jobs just to pay the bills and that's not right and blah, blah, blah. Meanwhile, you have all these student loans you've been paying off for years. Uh, you know, we need to, you know, forgive this and forgive that. There's a lot of talk around financial security and financial stability. 
the almighty dollar is a big, big deal in America. It's it's a big deal in any country uh, uh, that you lived or, or that you've lived in or will live in uh, if you happen to stay in America or if you're listening from overseas. Uh, like I said, financial stability is a big deal because with money there is power and, and there is influence. And so with these different narratives going on, with these different ideas, Scrooge is a guy who has made it. You know, he's made it as a financially secure person. Tiny Tim and his family, or rather Bob Cratchit, his his dad who works for Scrooge, they would not make it by normal societal standards. However, if you were to say they've made it in terms of other things, like intangibles like a loving family environment, uh, the security of having family, you know, uh, Cratchit is married to his wife, Emily, and, you know, by all accounts in the story, they love each other. They have several children. As a result, they've been blessed with several children. So there's a, what I would call a joyful noise, having so many kids in the home, although sometimes I know for a lot of parents, it doesn't sound like a joyful noise. <laughs> it's, it's more like a screeching or perhaps nails on a chalkboard or who knows what. But at the end of a day, hopefully most parents would say, well, you know, I'm so glad we have the kids that we have. And I once heard this from someone that I thought was really good, if I could just interject this, that you'll never, you will hear people say, I regret not having enough kids, but you'll never hear people say, I regret having too many, which I thought was really good wisdom, you know, uh, uh, to that point, that you'll never say, people say, uh, I regret having too many kids. Uh, they always say, I regret not having enough. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Uh, especially when you look at the story of Cratchit and the story of, of Scrooge and their and their you know their two lives. Now this, like I said, creates a interesting paradox in the story. Uh, there's Scrooge's life. He's alone. He's a loner. He has this huge house, no one to share it with. Cratchit, small, modest living, lots of kids in the house, not a lot of space to live in, but they're happy. They're they are grateful for what they have. Uh, despite what the world or what the people outside of them, like Scrooge, might look down on them and say, well, what's wrong with you? You know, why don't you try to aspire to great financial success? People will admire you. They'll respect you. Oh, you know, all those sorts of things. And Tiny Tim makes a statement in the midst of all this. He says, God bless us, everyone. And it's a very famous line. It's a it's a line that is utilized in every iteration of A Christmas Carol, whether it's the Muppets or it's some other version. You can't have A Christmas Carol without this line, personally. Okay, I, I just don't think you can have A Christmas Carol without it because what it is doing is exposing where the heart is of, of these two different characters. Scrooge has no appreciation for other people in terms of what they can offer him other than financial gain. People to him are dollar signs, right? They're coins. They're, they're just basically uh, tabulations on his, uh, on his money sheets. That's all that people are to him. And most folks, again, I, I'm probably generalizing here, most folks would say, look, people are worth more than a couple dollars. They're worth more than uh, you know, just a simple paycheck or something like that. People are invaluable. There's an incredible amount of potential for people and worth that people offer. And we should be valuing people that way. And again, that's something I could go down the rabbit hole on for with, with another narrative war episode or something. Tiny Tim and his family, though, in saying God bless us, everyone, 
look to people as the real currency of the world. They look at people and say, my family, the people around me, the community that I have, that's the blessing. That's all these other things such as money and you know financial resources, all those kinds of things. That's just extra. Okay, that's bonus to me. All right, I don't I don't worship the idea of money and I don't worship it, etc. The real blessing is the family. The real blessing is uh, the comfort, security that I have with family, the memories that I make, perhaps the the living situation, that the fact that I'm not completely on my own. There are people I can turn to. Because, you know, let's be honest about something. Life is difficult. Life is just hard. It's, it's, it's very difficult. It's suffering. I mean, one day you wake up and maybe your back hurts and it hurts all day. Why does it hurt all day? You don't know. But it's there, uh, right? I mean, our, our bodies are always breaking down. We do as much as we can to, to keep them from breaking down. But there's just this constant part of life where we're moving towards something not so nice, right? <laughs> but, but we want to enjoy it. Right while we're here, okay, we want to be able to enjoy some pleasures here and there, and and uh, again, this idea of God blessing us, even if you don't believe in God, okay, this idea of being blessed and feeling as though you're fortunate for your circumstances, is a perspective shift, and it's one that Scrooge does not have. Uh, Scrooge does not have this perspective of. I'm grateful for the things I have. No, I must accumulate more. I must keep on accumulating as much as I can because that's what gives me worth. That's what makes me feel good about my life. And the point of the Christmas Carol story is to take the characters of Cratchit and his kids and say, look, this is really where the value is. The value is in the community. The value is in your your family at large. The value is in uh, just the blessing of air in your lungs or or the blessing of of just being able to get up in the morning and share life with others and create memories that you can look back on and then you can laugh and joke and all these other things. Scrooge has no one to laugh with. He's got nobody. He's got, what, uh, uh, one living nephew, I think, is the is as the story goes, his only living relative. So Scrooge doesn't have any of that stuff. He's got his nice house. He's got his nice fireplace. He's got his nice robe. He's got his stacks of money and coin. That's it. Okay, those things can't really love you back. I mean, you might think they can, but they they really can't because they, they can't be spontaneous, I think is the best way to put it. Your money is not going to spontaneously do something to love you, all right? It's not going to, but people will. People could do something spontaneous for you to love you and, and show that they're, they have appreciation for you. Uh, so money's really just a tool. I mean, it's just a resource that we can utilize and steward. It's not something we hoard over as though it's just ours and nobody else gets to hold it. And that's really where, again, Tiny Tim's positioning, his perspective, saying, God bless us, everyone, is a means to teach Scrooge a lesson. Now, it should be said at this point that there are many folks that reject the idea of financial gain. There are folks that reject the idea of financial success because they view it as being an evil. They view it as, if I try to achieve these things, then I'm just going to become a covetous old sinner like Scrooge as well. Look, that's another narrative that needs to be debunked. Okay, it needs to be, uh, uh, you know, I don't want to say it's, I don't know if eradicated is the right word, but it needs to be debunked in our minds because if we think of money as an evil, what we end up getting are a lot of really bad philosophies about ideas around capitalism, around uh, how to accumulate wealth and how to go for wealth and how to be better stewards of, of money. Because what we do end up seeing right now in our culture is 
looking at a person like Scrooge and thinking that every person who has wealth is a Scrooge, right? Like we, we look at uh, people who are richer than most and we think, well, they're just like Ebenezer. They're obviously like Ebenezer and they need to spread the wealth. They need to be more generous. They need to give all their all their things to us right this very second. Tax, tax, tax them, right? Because they're covetous old sinners like Scrooge. And that's obviously not the case, okay? There's a lot of people who are millionaires who give their money away. There are people who are billionaires who give their money away. Now, there aren't a gads, you know, a gazillion amount of billionaires and millionaires who just give their their resources around. Okay, there are, there aren't a ton of those folks, uh, proportionally speaking, but there are folks that do that. Okay, there there are folks who give away their money. There are people who don't have a lot of money that give their money away. Uh, uh, there are folks that don't even have much money. Period. Who give their money away to other causes and to the service of others that that are even more downtrodden than them. Uh, or they give it to a cause or, or what it might be. So this idea of money and whether or not God is blessing us with money, that as Tiny Tim says, we have to be able to distance ourselves from this idea that money is always going to bring us happiness, that it's always going to bring us joy, because it doesn't. It's a very fleeting idea. I mean, I'm in my mid-30s now, and I've had several different jobs since my teenage years. And I've been at the very bottom rung of financial prosperity, and I've been very high up on the rung of financial prosperity, and back down again, and then up again. And uh, so, if you had a if you had a flow chart, or not a flow chart, if you had like a line graph of where my finan uh, my finances have gone over the last 15, 20 years, and what they've looked like, it'd be pretty pretty interesting to see how it goes up and then down and then up and <laughs> things like that. Uh, did I ever get to rock bottom zero? No. I mean, <laughs> was I negative at some point? Yeah, probably maybe at one point. But that's the point is that we forget that if we are moving towards something, uh, then that's a good thing. You know, we, you know, if we're moving towards a horizon of, you know, I can, I can move towards this skill set or this trade or, you know, I might be working two jobs right now, but this might not be forever. You know, that might, that's not supposed to be my definition of me. I can move towards something else. So I think that there's a lot of people that have a fear, though, that they could become like a Scrooge, so they totally reject it. And that's not really the point at all. The point is, what is the outpouring of our heart as it pertains to the way that we uh, steward our, our finances and steward our money? How do we utilize those resources? And Scrooge, of course, by the end of A Christmas Carol, has an outpouring of it. Right, he now blesses everybody. Okay, now this isn't trying to say that Scrooge is God. God blesses everyone, and Scrooge now transcends and becomes God or something. Right, that's not the point of the story. The idea is that Scrooge's heart posture changes, and now he gives instead of trying to take. That's what ends up happening. And by giving, he gives to these folks who, who they're not necessarily deserving of the money, but they could use it to help them. And Tiny Tim, being someone that. Uh, in uh, you know, in spite, like I said, in spite of his situation, is still saying, "God bless us, everyone." You know, we are so thankful. But on top of that, now he's being given resources by Scrooge by the end of it, so that he can, uh, you know, get medical attention, get whatever care he needs. He can get the nutritional uh, uh, benefits that he needs, things like that, that will help him to live and thrive. Which is even greater because because he has that posture, because Tim has this posture. He can probably grow into the idea of getting more, getting more wealth, and not going to hoard it as though maybe say Scrooge has. Uh, so it's a win-win, right? It's it's a win-win at the end of the story. But that's really 
the crux of A Christmas Carol is Tiny Tim's posture of God bless us, everyone. Like, man, I am so thankful. I'm so grateful to have just what I have. And Scrooge's uh, different, differing perspective of, no, I must have more. I must have more. And even though he tries to get more, he gets less in the end. <clears throat> but through the supernatural intervention of the ghosts of Christmas past, present, future, Scrooge changes his ways and <clears throat> becomes a generous giver instead. And in many ways, blesses everybody. Okay, he blesses those around him because of it. So that's why I love A Christmas Carol. That's why I love the story. Um, it, it just speaks to this reality of how when we give, we actually receive a lot more than we thought we would. But it's that step forward first of doing it. And uh, like I said, Tiny Tim's line, God bless us, everyone. Man, what a, what a great, great little tearjerker, heartstring puller of a moment that is for Christmas Carol. So I hope you enjoy... Uh, that particular story this holiday season, if you haven't already. And if you have never seen A Muppet Christmas Carol, shame on you. Shame on you. Go watch it immediately. I'm sure you can find it on YouTube or somewhere else. Uh, if there's a new remastered version out there, I'm sure it's it's, it's somewhere. But uh, I know I'll be watching it at least another time or two uh, before the holiday season is over. So be safe out there this holiday season. Uh, enjoy time with family, friends, however you're doing it. <clears throat> be it through Zoom call or in person. And uh, again, thanks for tuning in here on The Writer's Lens. Be sure to like, share, subscribe. I, I, I hate saying it at the end, but you know, I just, I got to do it, right? I just, I got to do it. It's all part of, it's all part of the process here. So, so like, share, subscribe, uh, and share it with a friend. Maybe it'll be a good conversation starter about a Christmas Carol, or maybe you're just staying in the Muppets or something like that. So anyway, till next time, guys, I'm JCL Pelto uh, for The Writer's Lens.